Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of John, chapter 3. John, chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. In actuality, everlasting life is being lived now. Across the planet, men and women, young and old, are living everlasting life. Those of the faith, life that leads to life. Those not of the faith, life that leads to death life. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Two groups of people. The Amplified Bible reads, He who believes in him, who clings to, trusts in, relies on him, is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. For him there is no rejection, no condemnation. He incurs no damnation. But he who does not believe, cleave to, rely on, trust in him, is judged already. He has already been convicted and has already received his sentence because he has not believed in and trusted in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He is condemned for refusing to let his trust. Rest in Christ's name. Heaven and hell are determined. The reality of each, definite. If we should live here 100 years, what is 100 years in light of eternity? It would seem so insignificant, a minuscule fraction 
And yet the years we live on this side of eternity, however many we are granted, determine what what state and place we end up in. The good news today is that as long as there is breath in our lungs, there is hope. Think of it this way. If I was reserving my stay in eternity, I'd need to get my name in the book. Now, what we are presenting today is the truth of the Word of God. We are presenting the options of the Bible, for the Bible is the truth of God. According to the Bible, these are the eternal options. Heaven, hell. Romans 5.12, through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Two groups of people. The message paraphrase reads, you know the story of how Adam landed us in this dilemma we're in. First sin, then death. And no one exempt from either sin or death. That sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone. But the extent of this disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out in detail to Moses. So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did, by disobeying a specific command of God, still had to experience this termination of life, this separation from God. But Adam, who got us into this, also points ahead to the one who will get us out of it. If I was looking to book my stay in paradise, in heaven, eternity, and everlasting life with the Lord, I'd need to get my name in the book. The book, Revelation 21, beginning at verse 21, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass, but I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb's book of life. The only way to get our names on the list 
in the book is to go to the one who controls the book. Jesus is the answer. Only Jesus. And he is not a way, but he is the way. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That settles it, doesn't it? Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Only Jesus can get our name in the book. Revelation 20, verse 15, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Wise words, to risk all with Jesus is to end all risk. The Apostle Paul mentions the book of life. Philippians 4, verse 3, And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Only Jesus can get our name in the book. He is our hope. There's an incredible portion of Scripture found in the book of Revelation. And we may not understand. We may not have all the answers in regards to how this will all work out, unfold. However, the last words of what I'm about to read are of utmost importance. Revelation 13, verses 1 to 8. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled, and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a month, a mouth, given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and overcome them. 
And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The Knox Bible reads, All the dwellers on earth fell down in adoration of him, except those whose names the Lamb has written down in his book of life. The Lamb slain in sacrifice ever since the world was made. Now is the time to get our names in the book. This is the day of salvation. Now is the time to keep our names in the book. I would say to all of us, take heed. There are some, some preach once saved, always saved. However, this doctrine seems to be missing from the Holy Scriptures. Listen to the words written to one of the churches in the book of Revelation. Revelation 3, verses 1 to 5. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things, says he, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. These are the words to a church. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white. For they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. I guess that deals with once saved, always saved. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Church, cling to eternal life in Christ Jesus. Take heed. Hold fast. Keep the faith. Don't let time bleed you of steadfastness. Change not your faith with changing times. Mind the faith. Be diligent. Second Peter 3, beginning of verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? Worth asking. In holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent. Be diligent to be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Another week, another month, another year, consider the long-suffering of the Lord, salvation. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. Quite the words. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. What a wonder. The long-suffering of the Lord, not willing that any should perish, consider it salvation. If you don't know Jesus today, if your name's not in the book, or if things need to change today, I want you to know that He wants you with Him in eternity, for eternity. The long-suffering of the Lord, consider it salvation. Cling to eternal life in Christ Jesus. If I could encourage us all here today, I would say to all of us, let's spend our days in preparation for eternity. In light of eternity, this life, a part of then and yet what we commonly call the start of eternity, the beginning of eternity is no more than a breath away. So we don't know when Jesus will return. And should the Lord tarry, we will pass from this life. Oh, to be alive at the second coming of Christ. One great preacher said, It does not trouble us to think that Christ shall come. It is indeed our joy. Does it trouble you today to think that Christ shall come? If so, 
Get yourself out of trouble. Let's get ready to meet Jesus. How can we go about this? See Jesus, believe Jesus, and believe in him who sent his son. John 6, 40, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. John 5, verse 24, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word, hear his word, hear him. And believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Church, let's not love our own lives, but let's love his life. John 12, verse 25, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. J.B. Phillips, New Testament, Jesus told them the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And I tell you truly that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain of wheat. But if it does, it brings a good harvest. The man who loves his own life will destroy it. And the man who hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. If a man wants to enter my service, he must follow my way. And where I am, my servant will also be. And my Father will honor every man who enters my service. all of us here today. Let's fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. You don't think there's a fight? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Lord Jesus, let's live as the Lord would have us live. 1 Timothy 6, verses 18 and 19, let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. I guess this was rather important. <laughs> Reminding the saints, lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't fall from your own steadfastness. Take heed. Keep the faith. Don't change your faith with changing times. Perhaps there was a problem. Some weren't keeping the faith, weren't steadfast, weren't minding the faith. 
get loose with things. Had a name that they were alive, but they were dead. Changing their faith with changing times. There's been a lot of that over the years. Let's take in these words today. We are too earthbound. Have you noticed that there is very little talk nowadays about heaven? Or about leaving this old world behind? Instead, we are bombarded with messages on how to use our faith to acquire more things. The next revival, said one well-known teacher, will be a financial revival. God is going to pour out financial blessing on all believers. Any message about death bothers us. We try to ignore even thinking about it and think that those who discuss it are morbid. Occasionally, we will talk about what heaven must be like, but most of the time the subject of death is taboo. What a stunned, stunted concept of God's eternal purposes. No wonder so many Christians are frightened by the thought of death. The truth is, we are far from understanding Christ's call to forsake the world and all its entanglements. He calls us to come and die, and to die without building memorials to ourselves, to die without worrying how we should be remembered. Jesus left no autobiography, no headquarters complex, no university or Bible college. He left nothing to perpetuate his memory but the bread and the wine. How different the first Christians were. Paul spoke much about death. I guess he was morbid. In fact, our resurrection from the dead is referred to in the New Testament as our blessed hope. Let's not talk about it. But nowadays, death is considered an intruder that cuts us off from the good life we have become accustomed to. We have so cluttered our lives with material things, we are bogged down. We can no longer bear the thought of leaving our beautiful homes, our lovely things, our charming sweethearts. We seem to be thinking to die now would be too great a loss. I love the Lord, but I need time to enjoy my real estate. I married a wife. I've yet to prove my oxen. I need more time. What is the greatest revelation of faith? And how is it to be exercised? You will find it in Hebrews. These all died in faith and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I remember sitting with a group of men Not one of them was a follower of Jesus. It was a lengthy conversation that carried over into the wee hours of the morning. A lot of things were talked about. Many topics were discussed. And then there came an hour that the Lord gave me the opportunity to share the gospel message. 
presented the gospel. Questions were asked. Comments were made. No doubt seeds were planted. And at one point I asked the question, if you were to die this very moment, where would you end up, heaven or hell? One individual was quite disturbed by the question and retorted, why does it always have to get to that? Why? Because this is of utmost importance. And this is more important than the discussion of sports and politics and news and weather and business and occupation and travel and hobbies. Everlasting life. We should talk about it. Our blessed hope. Let not your heart be troubled. John 14, verses 1 to 4. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Let's not let circumstances separate us from Jesus. Don't let circumstances separate you from Jesus. Charles Spurgeon said, we took Christ for better or worse, in health or in sickness, to have and to hold, so that even death should never part us. Don't let circumstances separate you from Jesus. Trials, situations, hardships, Whatever it might be, don't let circumstances separate you from Jesus. Oswald Chambers said the real meaning of eternal life is a life that can face anything it has to face without wavering. If we take this view, life becomes one great romance, a glorious opportunity for seeing marvelous things all the time. God is disciplining us to get us into this central place of power. People of God, find peace in the overcomer. John 16, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Hold everything in this life with a loose hand, but eternal things, death-like grip. Death-like grip. Heaven, the paradise of our Lord, 
our blessed hope. Revelation 7, verses 9 to 17. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore or thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The future is bright for the bride of Christ. Everlasting life with Jesus is our appointed reality. You know, we have great reason to rejoice, great reason to get excited. Our blessed hope Revelation 21, verses 9 to 11. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The words of Billy Graham, my home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. Corey Ten Boom said, you know, eternal life does not start when we go to heaven. It starts the moment you reach out to Jesus. He never turns his back on anyone. And he is waiting for you. You can have the worship team return today. The words of J.C. Ryle. We have no reason to be discouraged and cast down if the religion we profess is not popular and few agree with us. We must remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ in this passage. The gate is narrow. Repentance and faith in Christ and holiness of life have never been fashionable. 
The true flock of Christ has always been small. It must not move us to find that we are reckoned singular and peculiar and bigoted and narrow-minded. This is the narrow way. Surely it is better to enter into eternal life with a few than go to destruction with a great company. Let's read the closing words of the Bible. Revelation 22, verses 20, or 10 to 20. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come, Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. What would be the best for us to do? Don't ignore the warnings of God. Don't ignore his invitation. Many ignore God's offer of salvation. Some put it off for some future day thinking they have time. To not choose now to believe and ask God's forgiveness is a dangerous thing. I share with you this account. While attending Calvary Baptist Church in King NC one Thursday night, I went with my pastor visiting to a housing development called The Farm. That evening, we visited a number of people. One was the son of one of our church members. The pastor tried to talk to him about the Lord, but he laughed and put the pastor off. 
He said he had thought about it some and planned to take care of it someday. He said he might come to church the following Sunday. The pastor said he could receive Christ right then, that night in his home, but the young man refused. Sunday morning, the pastor asked prayer for the family. The son, on Saturday night, went out drinking and was speeding out of town. He lost control of the car and in a terrible crash was killed. He thought he had time. When we visited him that night, he probably was thinking about the up-and-coming Saturday night and all the fun he planned to have. It was a fatal decision, and he died and is, by his own testimony, in hell. Dear friend, when a pastor or friends urges you to believe and repent of your sins today, it is because they love you. More than their love for you, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you and died on the cross for your sins that you might be saved. Why not quit putting it off? Why not stop the fight with God and surrender to Him and ask Him to save you right now? He promises He will. Do you realize that forgiveness for sins and eternal life is one moment away if you will believe? C.S. Lewis said, the present is the point at which time touches eternity. These years that we have are of such importance. However many they be, yet they are a fraction of what lies ahead across the water. Our blessed hope, eternal life with Jesus. I stand in the house of the Lord today.